What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of GCC Radio. My name is Ethan Kaplan. And I'm Joe Henry. And we're super excited to dive in this week and cover your latest news and updates in and around the blockchain ecosystem. As always, this is not financial advice. We were by no means experts. However, our mission is to take our experience in the space and use what we've learned to educate you guys on all things Web3, crypto, and blockchain. Hey, guys. How's it going? GCC Radio, April 10th, 2022. We got a lot of story today. It'll be kind of quick session today. So first thing up is Elon Musk has a 9.2% stake in Twitter, making him the largest shareholder. Musk tweeted a while ago that, given that Twitter serves as a de facto public town square, failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy. And we see this in the fact that Twitter has become a crypto information hub. So we really need that transparency and that free speech to allow people to actually express their opinions in a way that doesn't restrict information flow. And Elon Musk's investment in Twitter could help increase, accelerate Twitter's crypto adoption, as well as the crypto ecosystem as a whole. And it remains to be seen whether or not Twitter will actually begin adopting Elon's beloved uh, Dogecoin moving forward. But we know that with Elon Musk as the largest shareholder, we can see that it's more advantageous for the crypto ecosystem and Twitter will be more likely to adopt such protocols and applications of crypto. So we're seeing this broader development and acceptance of crypto by institutions and centralized entities to continue to show growing interest in the ecosystem as a whole. And we also saw that in another centralized entity, which is the American Bank, which is a bank in Pennsylvania, as they joined BAC's early adopter program to offer crypto to their clients. So American Bank offered to accept an offer crypto to customers through backed. And what does that mean? That means that the average consumer is intrigued and interested in crypto as a growing asset class. And research indicated that customers actually prefer to access crypto from their existing bank. And so there's a growing trend of trusted centralized bank on-ramps into cryptocurrency that are getting the average consumer who maybe doesn't know all the technology behind crypto into being exposed to the digital asset class. And American Bank has historically been known as one of the pioneers of online banking and innovation, and it's the longest operating online bank in the country. And so there's now potential new applications of crypto in order to enhance customer banking experiences. So American Bank is one of the first and potentially not the last bank to actually adopt crypto and offer it as a fundamental source of capital investment for customers and banks. Additionally, Terraform Labs bought $100 million of AVAX for the UST reserve. And what UST is, is it's a stable coin, which essentially enacts the properties of the US dollar on the blockchain. And so using AVAX, Terraform Lab had a deal with the Avalanche Foundation to swap $100 million of Luna for AVAX. And that basically added $100 million of AVAX to the UST reserve in order to to support the UST to US dollar peg, which essentially means that you want the UST, which is the stable coin, to have the same value of the US dollar itself at all times. So they also bought an additional $231 million of Bitcoin. And so what does the addition of AVAX and Bitcoin mean for the US for UST and what was its purpose? Essentially the purpose that Terraform Labs is 
promoted for the buying of Bitcoin and AVAX is to bolster the diversification of USD reserves and really support that peg. But it still remains a question of why they picked AVAX especially. And we don't actually know that answer, but we know that it will help the diversification of UST and allow it to have more trustworthiness despite being in a trustless ecosystem that is crypto. But we are seeing this larger trend of circularity where stablecoins can be backed by Bitcoin and other crypto assets instead of centralized fiat currencies like the US dollar. And so it's actually a completely decentralized ecosystem where Bitcoin is the foundation behind the value of UST. So something else that happened this week is that Open Zeppelin uncovered a vulnerability in Convex Finance. And while Convex Finance itself isn't important to this narrative, it's important to know that cyber that Open Zeppelin is a crypto cybersecurity technology and services company that essentially performs code and security audits on companies like Convex Finance. And so there was a vulnerability of $15 billion at risk of a rug pull in the Convex Finance ecosystem. And Open Zeppelin was able to find that bug and fix it in order to have no funds be lost. And so what does that mean? That means that in the future, there's mitigants for faulty protocols and potential hacks through code and security audits and companies like Open Zeppelin. And we saw with the Axie Infinity hack that there is a huge incentive, in, in the case of Axie Infinity, $600 million incentive to actually exploit faulty code. And so hackers are really incentivized to find these issues with, with the protocols and really gain that capital for themselves. And so Open Zeppelin, Open Zeppelin as a company that's compensated for doing code and security audits can actually protect consumers and protocols from potential bugs in their system. And so especially with this case, it saved Convex Finance from a potentially disastrous loss of funds. In the future, if other protocols are doing the same thing, then they can also mitigate those issues and risks by employing companies like Open Zeppelin. So something else that was actually released this week is Instadap Lite. And what Instadap Lite is, is it's an easy to use decentralized application that brings popular complex D5 strategies to a single click. And it makes you have the ability to earn yields in an extremely simple way. And because it's easy to participate in DeFi, that means the average consumer can actually have a yield despite not knowing what's going on behind the scenes in the DeFi protocols. So you just click a button and it provide, you can provide DeFi capital in order to earn a yield on your capital. And so that's a key phase in DeFi adoption where the path of least resistance allows consumers to simplify the process and open an application in order to actually provide that capital. And so we saw previously with the existence of centralized authorities and banks that customers simply put their money into an account and then banks sort of operate in a way that they would lend the money and the consumer really wouldn't have a position in that. And InstaDap Lite and other decentralized applications are essentially acting as that intermediary authority that's really simplifying the process of DeFi in order to give the consumer the best possible yield with the least possible information known. And so that's really key in DeFi adoption, as I said earlier. Another really important concept that's actually come out this week is the existence of omni-chain NFTs. And so 
With the official launch of Layer Zero Labs, it prompted the actual use case of Omnichain NFTs. And essentially what Omnichain NFTs are is they exist on multiple Layer 1 tokens like AVAX and Ethereum and other such Layer 1 chains. And so anything that has a Layer 0 enabled function can actually have those NFTs on their system. And so what this means is that you can actually mint an NFT on a low-cost Layer 1 like AVAX, and then it can be transferred to a widely recognized Layer 1 like Ethereum in order to have compatibility with NFT infrastructure. So you can mint an NFT at a low cost, and then you instead of... So companies like Twitter, for instance, that allow you to have NFT profile pictures are only Ethereum compatible. So Ethereum having a layer zero enabled function can actually transfer that NFT from AVAX to Twitter and in order by transferring it from AVAX to Ethereum. And this is also key for things like OpenSea. Uh, you know, we saw recently that OpenSea accepted Solana-based NFTs. And with this in existence, there's no real, you don't need to have the acceptance of Solana-based NFTs, Ethereum-based NFTs. Rather, the NFT asset itself can be transferred between chains. And it actually creates a new market, right? So we now see cross-chain NFT arbitrage, where NFTs existing on a specific ecosystem can be bought and sold on a separate ecosystem that maybe has a better price for such NFTs. And so it also brings in the question of why, you, why should you need to bribe Ethereum miners for, to mint an, an NFT? when you can actually secure the same NFT in another chain for less capital. And in the same way, you know, why would you pay $130 to initialize a wallet on the mainnet when you can pay $2 to, to do the exact same thing on another network and transfer it over? And so this is really, in my opinion, going to catalyze a growing volume of alt-chain NFTs and right now, the current volume of alt-chain NFTs is about 6% of the total volume of NFTs. But arbitrage opportunities are going to continue to exist. And so people wanting to actually get a better price on NFTs will go to those alt-chains in order to actually mint those NFTs and have access to them. And so the percentage of alt-chain total volume NFTs is likely to increase over time. An interesting competition that's actually happening this week is Tracer's holding a trading competition which has $25,000 in prizes and NFTs to be won. And so what the trading competition is, is it exists on a test net, so you're not actually trading real capital. But what's going to be interesting is seeing the investment strategies that actually will win this competition. And nobody really knows who's going to emerge as the winner. And we will see which asset class or what allocation strategy will return the most profit to competitors. And so if you think you have an advantageous investment strategy or you know more than the average investor, you should definitely join the competition, test out your skills, and potentially earn part of the $25,000 in prizes. So something else that's interesting that's happening this week is Lightning Labs is creating a stable coin on the Lightning Network. And... What Lightning Labs did is they raised $70 million to bring a stablecoin to Bitcoin through the Taproot Power Taro protocol. 
And what the Tarot Protocol does is it aims to bring a low-fee stablecoin and asset transfer to the Bitcoin Lightning Network, which essentially exists on top of the Bitcoin Base Network. And so the Bitcoin Lightning Network allows for faster transactions, and this Taro protocol will allow for stable coins on top of those faster transactions to create stable and quick transactions. And a really important distinction between Taro and other stable coins like UST and Terra is that Taro actually isn't just a stable coin. Taro is essentially the infrastructure that enables the movement of assets over the Lightning Network. So yes, an asset can be a stablecoin, but it can also have other applications of any other asset that's off-chain. So stablecoins and other assets can be moved on-chain. So success of the Taro ecosystem and protocol are actually going to be dictated by developers building projects on Taro. And so we've seen this in other DeFi protocols and uh, layer one tokens. And that's that its success is based on the intellectual property and applications that are created in the ecosystem. And so this is really a next step in maneuvering Bitcoin as a more dynamic and applicable chain, but that is dependent on the development activity on the chain. And as a final piece of information that I wanted to tell you guys today is MakerDAOs has been expanding its infrastructure into real world assets. And on March 30th, we saw 6S Capital, which is a commercial lender powered by MakerDAO, to actually close a real estate financing deal worth $7.8 million for Tesla. This means that there's actual real-world assets being used for the transfer of loans to real centralized entities. And so this is part of MakerDAO's broader goal to embrace real-world assets. And that means there's been a, couple, a little bit of controversy over this because MakerDAO has this completely decentralized protocol that's, that's based on digital assets. But now we're actually seeing it develop into a, very, a much more serious component of the financing system. And what's important to know about this is that each deal is really it's guaranteed by a separate trust, but this centralized trust that's enabling the deal is individualized for every single deal that's happening. So there's a decentralized infrastructure through a network of centralized approvers for such lending protocols and lending deals. And so this embracing real world assets actually not necessarily sacrificing the ideals of decentralization However, it is really changing the fundamental thesis of a completely decentralized world. And the move was intended to diversify and bolster both its reserves and collateral. But again, we're seeing criticism from the community because of the diversions from a completely decentralized strategy. But it's, it's, it is, again, as a final note, it's part of Maker's integrated opportunities of asset financing through, and we saw this previously with the protocol Centrifuge, which allowed the platform's asset originators to buy DAI against non-crypto collateral. And so, you know, with Centrifuge, you can actually use off-chain assets to buy and borrow DAI. 
like real estate, mortgages, and invoices. So we're no longer seeing a necessity of these over-collateralized, crypto-backed borrowing opportunities, but rather people actually using their real estate and other real-world assets to actually borrow tokens. So really seeing this larger development of the DeFi space and MakerDAO as a proponent of instituting real-world and digital ecosystems together in order to create a more efficient and more applicable ecosystem of financing. But yeah, thank you guys for watching, and I really appreciate you guys sticking in. Uh, we have a very big interview coming up in the next week. We update it to you by Wednesday night, and so stay tuned for that. Very interesting times right now. Bye.